Hey everybody, it's Owen. Welcome to episode two of the podcast. We've started adding a little blurb at the start of each episode to let everyone know what the episode is about and adds in some uh, updates occasionally. Uh, so this episode is fairly long, as you could probably tell. It's me, Amit, and Alex recounting some of the history of SEDS and a lot of old stories from our time at SEDS at the University of Michigan. I will be bookmarking the different sections and kind of timestamping them in the description. So if you only want to hear certain sections, you can look there to figure out when they start. We had a ton of fun recording this. Uh, we did ramble a little bit, but there are some great stories in there. So I hope you guys all enjoy it. We were beginning to schedule some podcast interviews with alumni, which is really exciting. So keep an eye out for those. We are trying to release a new episode at least every Monday, but we are open to doing more if people have subjects that they want to suggest or if they want to record on their own. So if you have an idea, you're welcome to. Either way, hit me up if you have any questions or if you have any requests and enjoy this episode. Welcome to SEDScast episode two. The topic today is the history of SEDS. Joining me today, which is April 3rd, I believe, are two former SEDS presidents that a lot of you know. Both of these gentlemen are from New York City originally. They both did their undergraduate here at the University of Michigan studying aerospace engineering. They are both currently in the master's program for space systems engineering. And they're actually both heading over to Maxar out west after they are done with their pro master's programs here. As I said, many of you probably know them. Please welcome Amit Kotakar and Alexander Sena. How are we doing? Hi. All right. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks. All right. Love so to hear today's, about it. Uh, today's topic is going to be the history of SEDS. Uh, I think this will be a fun one because I don't think a lot of SEDS members know everything about. They might know parts of the history, but not everything. Uh, so I'll go back and just kind of, we dug up some of the like original founding of SEDS and I think Alex has some info from like our specific chapter. Uh, so many of you might know this, but uh, SEDS was founded originally in 1980 by Peter Diamandis, who then went on to be the, uh, basically the CEO of the X Lunar X Prize and is a pretty influential guy in the space industry. So he founded the first ever SEDS chapter at MIT in 1980. Uh, he spoke a couple years ago at one of the Space Visions, and he told us a funny story about he actually ran SEDS out of his fraternity house uh, at MIT for the first year or two, and he was telling some pretty funny stories about just having to deal with living in a fraternity while starting this organization. Um, but yeah, he was one of the, I think there were four or five founders, but he was the main guy, and uh, they started to spread chapters. They actually like were posting in magazines, and so other students at different colleges were reading about SEDS and wanted to start their own chapter. So they started to kind of like colonize almost at different universities uh, in the 80s and in the 90s. And then I believe in 1993 is when U of M first had a chapter. Is that right, Alex? Yep, that's correct, 1993. Okay, and so then you had some info on, we did some stuff with the space shuttle. You wanna talk about that? Yeah, so the earliest record that we've been able to find so far uh, comes from the Vortex Ring Experiment. And I think What's cool is it's uh, an often overlooked part of the FXB. Actually, on that second floor balcony, you can see this payload uh, called the Vortex Ring Experiment, which has our oldest logo on it. Um, and that was a microgravity experiment that flew on two space shuttle missions. Um, and it was one of SED's earliest projects from 1998 to 1999. Um, and that flew on STS-89 and STS-88. Super cool. 
So we know a little bit about the early stuff of SEDS. We know this vortex ring experiment in like the late 90s. And then we were looking through some of the archives of like the old SEDS websites. And we had like some people on like the national board in 06, 07. And then we know that in two, I think 2011, wasn't it like something like that? We won chapter of the year, SEDS at U of M. We have a plaque in the office. I think it was 2010 or 2011. I think it's 2011, yeah. Is it 11? When me and and Alex inherited the office, we found that whole like rectangular plaque about that. Yeah, and if you guys are ever bored in the SEDS office, there's some old like material that we haven't like fully sifted through that's old SEDS stuff as well. But uh, yeah, so we think in like 2011, we we probably were doing pretty well because we won chapter of the year. And then uh, we don't know much up until you guys joined, which would have been 2016 or 2017. You guys want to talk about that kind of maybe one at a time, just talk about how you found out about SEDS, what got you interested, who were like the first people you met and what really brought you to the organization? I think the same thing brought me in. that brought a lot of people in. That was the shot classes uh, at festival. <laughs> um, I'll never forget that. I'll like, you know, it's like, hey, I remember because it was a completely undecorated table, like absolutely nothing on the table except for like a couple of shot glasses. Um, and I hated the logo because the at in the middle, I thought it was an O. So I was, I remember coming to a meet because we were living together at the time and saying, dude, like this club said so sounds really interesting. Like, I don't really know what said so stands for, but like they do a lot of space stuff. Um, but that was what first attracted me to it was just like uh, the people, the names that will come up, like Manu, Kawe, uh, and Roshan, just saying like, hey, this club's main purpose is just to talk about space. Um, and I sat there long enough to get a Gary's Night sticker and a shot glass, and that's pretty all, pretty much all it took for me. For sure. How about you, Amit? Well, uh, you said 2016, 17, right? I'm trying to remember whether that, whether that was like accurate or not. Um, it was 2015 was that festival, and then festival, 2016 right? is when we, we really joined because that was we won the election yeah, in yeah. April 2016 for outreach. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So 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 in our in our not really our defense, but like I really think that for us we were trying to find some organization that really embodied like what we were trying to do in terms of like space enthusiasm and uh in terms of what we wanted to do and like alex said you know we we really found like a like a little table that was like yo and we really wanted to do something that just excites everybody about space and alex came to me and i said yo you know i saw the same table during northwest and um you know that's what i was really excited about so that's what really got me into seds and that's what really got both me and alex into seds because we were roommates during freshman year and sophomore year so that transition period, I don't, I don't really remember during whether we, if we, would, do you remember when we actually hit the whole table? Was that during our freshman year of, of Northwest or was that during our freshman year, I mean, uh, sophomore year of Northwest? Um, I think it was Festival because I remember it being on Central Campus. Um, so I don't think it was Winterfest. Um, you mean Northfest? You mean Northfest? You mean Northfest? Northfest, Northfest. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it was Winterfest because we had a pretty bad winter that year, at least from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I also remember because I was taking it into consideration at the same time as MFly because we were both on MFly our freshman year. Yeah, oh, really? I actually didn't know that. Yeah, we, we were, were both we on were. the Aero team, both on the Aerodynamics I mean, team. I, mean, with... was like me. I was on Formula before I joined Seds and doing Aero stuff, like right before. Yeah, we were on both before. on MFly. Yeah. So with we uh, with, wait, 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 with uh, Francisco. 
Quilliac. I was going to say, if we brought up Fran, <laughs> like, he was part of what's friend, friend? I'll never forget that moment. Yeah. By the way, with the I've ever met in Arrow, not going to lie, along with Alan Rosenthal. <laughs> There's some people that, like, I'll never forget the experience of just, like, like you know, you're a freshman, it's your first semester in airspace, and we, someone just asked the bare questions, like, this is the aerodynamics team of MFly, someone asked, like, how do planes fly? Like, could you give me an explain it like I-5? And I remember watching a bunch of aerospace engineers, like, again, as a freshman undeclared, struggle to answer that for, like, eight <laughs> to ten minutes, um, and I think that's that's part of what contributed to leaving to some degree. Um, and then we just found out says was much more casual, um, I think... So that was our fall, and then by winter, um, we had joined the outreach team. Um, so said at the point that we're joining, um, so we'll move a little bit forward, a little bit backwards, but we joined was run by uh, Kawe Borlina, uh, currently doing his PhD at MIT, um, with the outreach chairs being um, Manu and Ryan. Uh, Manu's currently in Toulouse, and I believe that uh, Ryan is currently uh, airplanes. Um, <laughs> that's all I could say. I really I didn't know where he, where he was. Um, dude really just likes commercial air travel. Um, and and head of projects at the time was Roshan. Um, and so we had communication with both. Um, our first major project was doing a basically figuring out where we could launch model rockets on campus. Um, yeah, it was launching model rockets on campus. So figuring out uh, like what kind of engines you could launch, how much space is required. Um, and everything like that. I remember week by week, that was like the first major thing we procrastinated. It would be like, oh crap, like we're owed this little report and we'd never get to it. And it'd always be like Thursday before the meeting was due. We never turned it in. Like, I don't think we ever actually submitted the rocket report, which is our only major assignment. Yeah, I mean, shaking his head no. Um, <laughs> but, and then it was build your own blimp that kind of like took us off, I think. Right, and um, that was the we were talking about that. So that was the the first one. I think I was there for the second round, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we were there for the yeah. one that we we started to run, um, and there was just an inkling of an idea uh, by Manu at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I was. We were talking about we were trying to piece together the timelines, and so I think I joined in. I think it was January of seventeen. So you guys yeah. would have still been outreach chairs. And I remember I joined just like I was on maze pages, just kind of scrolling through. I looked up space clubs and I found SEDs. And I think I just messaged and like either Chris, Bert or Ari messaged back and said like, yeah, this is like our weekly meeting time. And I just remember showing up and it was like eight or nine people. And we were in like yep. the East building and I, I showed up and I remember I talked to Ari afterwards and she was like, oh, you know, we've got something coming up. Like you should talk to Alex and meet their outreach chairs. That's like a good place to start. And I think that's when we first met was kind of like Ari had me talk to you guys after a meeting or something. And it was like a couple weeks after I joined that we did build your own blimp. And that was the one where we pulled an all nighter and we stayed in the tool yep. for the hundred lab. So like, I think it was, we had build your own blimp and like the day before we just had nothing ready. Cause we tried to do like the, the Lego pieces basically for the gondola and stuff. And I remember I was up all night, like just heat sealing all the envelopes for the balloons and that was just like a really fun first experience for SEDS. It was like doing an all-nighter in the Arrow 100 lab just to like get a project done for some kids the next day. And that stuck out to me as like kind of the first thing I did. I think that was well, you stuck out to me. You stuck out to me. I remember like the second that I think you had president written on your face was when you came in and you were like, listen, like I made the big envelope based on the weight that we're expecting this to be, but I also made small boosters um like side boosters for support so that we can basically strap extra balloons on if we need more weight 
Oh, and that kind of foresight, that. yeah. that's, that still stands out to me this day. Like the fact that you had the foresight to that, like things could go very wrong and that we'll need to do something. And even with the <laughs> boosters, it didn't fly, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Just to show. Um, but I'll never like that was, but that was like the first like crapshoot that like, I think we really ran like just um, the seat of our pants running a full outreach event. Yeah. Um, that's funny. Yeah. Um, Okay. I, 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 you know what I remember? I remember like you being in the in the meetings, in that Eeks room in the corner. You know what I mean? Where me and Alex were putting up our slides, and you were sitting in the corner, and you were you know like just paying attention. I I for me I thought that you were being really attentive, and it was like really weird because like everyone else is kind of like on their phone, not really on their phone, but like they they were interested, but like you know like just a casual like lecture or class or whatever. And you, you seemed like that one new person who was really interested in what was going on. Yeah. And I was really excited by the fact that was, that, that, that was going on. So, I mean, in addition to what Alex was saying, but, like, I thought that was, you know, really captivating about you. That's funny. So, at this point, you joined when it was – so, we joined when it was run by Kawe, uh, and there was Manu and Ryan. And then so we won our election April of that year, so April 2016. Yeah. Um, it came in mostly to run outreach chair for that semester, like 2016, fall of 2016 um, into winter of 2017. And right. so that Build Your Own Blimp was fall of 2016. Uh, yeah. It was our first semester there. And so at the time it was being run by Rob Gittin yeah. um, as the president. So this was the term that it was split in half. So Rob would take over in the fall and then Ari Sandberg. Now it's SpaceX, Rob currently at Blue Origin. Um, Ari would take over in the winter uh, because she was doing a co-op at JPL at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a big player in SEDS before we really even got to know her, apparently. Um, yeah. She really cared for it. She was one of the first, it was the first exposure I had to someone passionately keeping tabs on a club, even when they're not on campus. So mm-hmm. someone who was checking in and saying like, is this club running? Uh, and like our, her heart being broken to hear that it wasn't doing well, but she didn't know leadership at the time, actually. I, so, I, okay, not, to, not to interrupt, but like, honestly, I agree with you on that, on that front, just to, you know, add to that point. In the sense of like, Ari, when we were in sophomore year, like in that kind of sense, she she really didn't make herself a, as a name. But then we became, as a name, uh, she kind of became president, and then we realized how much of a presence she, that that she had. So, you know, that that, that that's my point. <laughs> I th- I think Ari was responsible for like shaping the maturity of sets. Like we were pretty much just outreach yeah. chairs who. We're just for the first off, we were just surprised we even had a budget. We didn't even know that at the time. Right. Um, we were handed our first budget as outreach chairs, and then Ari was the first person to come in and actually, you felt like there was some, some not to not to bash Kawe, who's an incredible leader. Um, we didn't have super much exposure to him at the time of SEDS, other than like the Europa project team. Um, and uh, no, Nurse was our, yeah, Nurse was our freshman year, actually. Um, so all of these, like, other than seeing these little projects brewing, Ari was the first person to come in and actually take a lot of command in our eyes. Um, and she was the first person whose role I felt we were taking over when we eventually became presidents. Right. Okay, yeah, so let's go through that. So end of 2017, after the Build Your Own Blimp project, Ari's term was coming to a close. You guys ran for presidents and got elected. That Was it in the, were the elections in the spring or the fall? We ran them in the fall. We were outreach chair for like almost a year and a half. Um, and right. we decided not to have elections until September. Right. I, I remember that. I remember that the whole like election event when we were outreach chairs, like we were in the Donahue room, the SRB, and we were kind of like standing up like next to each other, like, 
you know, we want to do this, that, you know, we want to, we want to like be, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you remember what we said, but. I do. Cause I was really nervous. <laughs> I was like really well, nervous. What, what do we say? What do we say then? It was mostly a pitch of like, I remember thinking we were like doing nonsense. Like in retrospect, what I said, if a kid said that today, like I would be like, thank God this person is in this room and trying to take over this position. So I understand right. the relief. Um, but I talked about the fact that I work in a kid's science museum we talked about like all the projects that we've been doing, like the fact that we like came through in the clutch of build your own blimp. Like we helped design the first Lego system. Like that was like our first exposure to like SolidWorks and Katia um, as like freshmen, like we just came in and helped out with this. Um, and so just saying that um, we just, we got elected to outreach chair, um, but it wouldn't be for like another year and a half that we had another election where we ran for president. Um, and that was more of a coronation than anything. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, th th that was the thing, dude. We had, we had, like, a whole, like, little heritage of where, like, the past president would kind of invoke some kind of, uh, I, I, I don't know what the word is, but, like, you kind of, like, have, like, a little precedent for the, the next president, the, the next president, and then the next president will come in with the blessing of the old president, and that, that, that's all it was. Right. We have an actual so, democracy this year. There's, like, a yeah. ring form. That's true, that's true. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't don't get me wrong though. Like you know, you, we still have the whole voting process going on. Right, but it was like down and voting. But the president would be like, you know, this is my vote, and you know, this is what I want to adhere to. These these are kind of people that you know carry forward the role of said the role the the whole motto of said's, mm -hmm. and that's what that's what I want to carry forward. That that's yeah. that's what's going on. For sure. Okay, so, so let's go through once you guys are president. I think one of the first things in the fall, I guess it wasn't until November, but Space Vision in Florida. That was my, I think that was my first ever conference outside of the state. You guys had been to the Purdue one. But I remember, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, that was, you want to talk about iconic. Space Vision Purdue? That was fun. I remember we were driven down by Chris Burt. That was how we met Chris Burt was he volunteered <laughs> to drive down. Uh, he was a new student at the time. I believe he'd come from the University of Massachusetts such yep. chapter Amherst, and Amherst. Amherst, yeah and he came down and he was like I'm I agreed to drive you down um and then I don't know what happened like we were so detached from says leadership at the time that there was some like mistake or some like kerfuffle where all of a sudden the cars got shuffled on the way down wait I don't want to say we were detached from says leadership because Rob was still like semi-president at the time because of, during that time we had Rob as the first semester president while Ari was doing a co-op and then mm -hmm. Ari came in and being be, became the president the next semester. But at the time, Rob was still president, so we were still like we weren't that close to Alan. Rob at the time, though. Like I think Alan we, was we, our closest yeah. connection. Right. We weren't we weren't that close, but we still like were in tune with what was kind of going on. Um, we didn't understand the dynamic between the whole grad because Rob was a grad student at the time, so we didn't no, understand the whole. Still undergrad. We still a senior. He was still a senior because he was a grad. Yeah. He started his GSI ship during. Because he GSI'd 483 when we were juniors. So oh, okay. if we were sophomores at the time, he was still in his senior year. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, either way, I remember we used to have, like, meetings in the dude or stat and, like, those random tables in the, lot, in the atrium. Um, and so we're, like, the kind of inkling we got about Rob was was from those kind of meetings, either that or in the little hallway, the dude or stat connector uh, meetings. And so... Yeah. We only, yeah, we only knew, we didn't know about Chris Burr, but we, we only knew about like Rob and the leadership from that kind of context as well. I also it think is. the drive back is when we became 
like friends of people. So Alan Rosenthal, mm-hmm. the person that we're talking about was, he held the role at the time called Speaker of the House, which was basically, he wasn't VP, he wasn't president, but he was still such an important figure. We wanted to give him some sort of title. Um, and his job was mostly organizing like talks uh, and speakers um, and running the nuclear program NERS, which like is a whole other story of itself. That'd actually be a great episode on its own. Um, but essentially what happened is he has, he had something that formed our college experience, um, which was his Honda CRV, where <laughs> he, because he was, he's a huge, he still is like a huge camper driver, like mountaineer. And he replaced the back of his car, which is a mattress. And mm-hmm. so we drove all the way back up from Indiana, literally horizontal in the back of his car, the two of us facing forward with Alan driving and Rob getting in the side car. So the whole drive was basically them saying, oh, you're young. Here's welcome to the aerospace department. Welcome to space on campus. Welcome to Michigan. And hearing professors' names for the first time, hearing human names for the first time. And that's kind of when we got indoctrinated um, into this tier of administration. Yeah, that was Space Vision 16. And then Space Vision 17 was in Florida, in Orlando. It was hosted by University of Central Florida. And so we all flew down to that one. And I remember it was at like a Radisson and like a super not nice part of Florida. Like it was a couple miles off the beach and it was just like kind of a weird part of town. But I remember we got down there and that was my first conference. It was a ton of fun. It was like first experience with space vision. I think that was one of the first times I met Michael um, from AGI, I think. Amit, you got stories from then? Well, I mean, I would, sorry, just to draw back, I just remember, I, I do recall from uh, the Purdue scenario where oh, yeah. we, we were, we were kind of in a whole like scenario where uh, it was me, Alex, Alan, and a Rob. I don't really remember who else was there. Maybe Emily, I'm not sure. But uh, not Emily Russell, but like someone else. Um, she, like, we were, we were there together, and that's where I felt like the whole like enthusiasm of the space. Like me, Alan, and Alex kind of drove off and like uh, drove to like a random part of Indiana on like a random night. You know, we'd have anything to do, and we found this whole. We like we found this random place where there was a lot of, um, what do you call it? Like uh you know, plantations, not a plantation, but like just like farms essentially Okay. <laughs> where you can like see the Milky Way galaxy. And that was the first time I ever saw the Milky Way, Milky Way galaxy. And so I, that, that moment is forever associated with that moment essentially where like, I finally, like for me and Alex, essentially we discovered, you know, what the rest of the cosmos is essentially. So that was a really important moment for me in terms of, Space Vision 17, where we went to Florida, we were really excited because we discovered this whole thing. You know, we had a good time talking about with, um, we had a good time, you know, doing the whole conference scenario with, in Purdue and, you know, seeing the Milky Way galaxy. And we were just really excited. So the thing with Space Vision 17 with um, UCF was that we coincided with uh, the whole Zuma launch. You want to talk about that oh yeah i can talk about that and i also have two other stories i want to share um yeah while we were down there spacex was supposed to launch zuma which was this very secretive payload um and so it was supposed to launch while we were down there and then they scrubbed it like twice and we were really bummed out that it didn't launch 
but they said there was something wrong with the fairing, and so they didn't launch it until like a month later. And then when they did launch it, they said that the satellite basically failed to deploy off the final stage of the Falcon 9. And it's still kind of why, a, yeah. So it's still kind of up there. And <laughs> the military has been known in the past to say that satellites aren't working when they are working as kind of like a counterintelligence thing. And so I don't. No one really knows if that Zuma payload's actually working or not. But I'd like to believe it is working. They're just lying to us. One of the stories I remember was one night we were in the hot tub at the hotel, and we got in the hot tub, and this really jacked dude was in there in the hot tub. <laughs> You guys are both laughing. And so we get in the hot tub and we start talking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude, Ryan, his name is Ryan Favale. Ryan Favale. R-Y-A-N-F-A-V-A-L-E. Ryan Favale. That's his you gotta name. You got to look this guy up. So he gets in the Iconic hot tub name. with us. Iconic name. Yeah, he's in the hot tub with us. He looks super jacked and he's at the conference. And so we start talking to him and this guy is like a – a semi-professional UFC fighter with just some crazy ideas. He was telling us about how he thinks we should send, um, we should send all of the criminals to the moon to mine resources off of the moon. And I can't. What were his other ideas? He was just like out of his mind with these ideas. Well, no, no, no. you're all he, young. He, really he knew Jeff Bezos. Personally. He knew Jeff Bezos and Buzz Aldrin. Don't forget about that. No, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're he, all really, really young, so was, we're just sitting there listening to him, was, just, like, not interrupting. Was excited, like, what's up? He, he was excited by the fact that his investor knew Buzz Aldrin and Jeff Bezos and was really invested in the fact that he could take prison labor and bring it to the moon with the fact that prison labor, you didn't need to pay these fucking kids or whatever, men. Yeah. And, sorry, I didn't mean to swear there. We'll cut that out, but whatever. You didn't, you didn't pay these kids. And, um, you know bring that they wanted to mine what are they helium two or three or something like that yeah he wanted to mine some kind of some kind of metal i don't know what it was but they wanted to mine that for fuel and he was very excited about that fact and i was very confused at that point i didn't really know i mean i don't know about alex but like i'm i mean along our you know relatively similar path i'm sure like you know we we're kind of excited about the fact that somebody random was trying to pitch to us yeah, you know, that we were excited about the fact, but it was a really weird statement that he said. He was also, fun fact, a UFC fighter, and we found a whole video about him defeating somebody. So he wasn't lying about the fact that he proclaimed himself as a UFC fighter. Yeah, you so, gotta go look him up online because his his he has fights on YouTube, and it's definitely him. He's definitely fighting in the UF in like UFC like lower level fights, but. It's just funny. He was crazy. And the thing I remember is I was so taken aback that somebody like that was in the space industry because I thought like everyone at the conference was just going to be like a professional engineer or something. I remember you guys were telling me like, yeah, like there's some like very interesting personalities at these conferences. There's some very interesting people in the industry and stuff. And so that was kind of my first exposure to that. Um, yeah, go ahead. And I think so. And I think that was actually just an important side speak. Uh, that was an important year for SIDS in general, um, at least our group. Um, it really became the year where we all started to really become friends. I was, I was much a, a friend agnostic group for the most part. Like it was really like almost as much like a project team. And then that was the first year we had people like Rosie. Um, and it was a really social experience. Like we had that, 
walk on the beach. We all went out and got like shrimp tacos or something. And it was the first time where I felt like people were really there to relax as much as they were to learn and have a fun time. Mm-hmm. And I think the dynamic of the group really changed from there on. Um, and it made it easier for us to take on new people. Um, especially in that coming year, we'd take on some of like our most important membership, I think for the, at least this new generation, yeah. some of the most the important current, people yeah, would come people along. People that are currently in power. That was like when they all started to come ab- around. Yeah. Actually um, that next semester, actually a perfect transition. Yeah. Um, basically fall. Like, so now that's the end of 2017. We get into the first semester of 2018 mm-hmm. uh, and that's skipping over all the outreach projects that we did, like the failure of MMX, um, huh, our, yeah. our, our attempt to do build your own blimp again, um, all yeah. that stuff we can kind of zoom through a yeah, little we'll bit. We'll skip over all of our failures, but trust me, there's plenty. <laughs> like for every one thing we did do, like there were probably three projects that fell apart or just didn't work out in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And like, it's hard to talk about all of them, but like, there's so many things we, for everything that we did do that was cool. Like, there's so many things we tried that didn't work, but those are things that taught us as well. So they're still cool. Um, but yeah, so getting into the end of your guys' presidency, um. Trying to remember, I think that was the year that we did Central Campus for Yuri's Night, and we bought like a ridiculous amount of pizza and gave it all away, like hundreds of dollars of pizza, gave it all away on Central Campus, and it was like a super nice day. We were right on the Diag. I remember that was a super fun day, and then I think that was also the day where we started talking about who was going to run for positions next year and stuff. And I remember. You know, you guys talking to me, you guys talking to Rosie, me talking to Rosie. Um, I don't think Rupal and Sahil had fully come into force quite by then. And so I think Rosie told me she was interested in doing social and stuff. And so I talked to you guys more seriously about running for president and stuff. And I think we had elections that spring because I knew over the summer that I was going to become president, right? You took a pause for a while. I remember because Sahil and Rupal, when you ran, didn't recognize you. They were like, who... Is you know person what it was? That was that was the year I did the exotic car rental. Yep. That's yeah, that was. I I yeah. remember because you were you were like being really like discreet about the whole thing. Like, hey guys, like I fuck with I like you know sorry I I, I really like this whole scenario. Like you know like we're 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 in the Eeks room. You know I remember you made us sign the whole NDA in the room. Oh yeah, and you were excited by the fact that you were in SEDS, but also you had the whole business going on. And that's when I knew I really liked it because, like, for me and Alex, at least, at least you know, we've lived together for two years at that point. And mm-hmm. so, like, I was in a very, like, entrepreneurial, like, spirit, and so was Alex. And so we, we really liked the fact that you were embodying that whole scenario where you're like, you know, I like space, but I also have a business to run. And, you know, this is what I'm going through. And so that's, that's kind of what went through our minds at that point. Yeah, I forgot about that. So that's, yeah, I wasn't very involved that semester because I was trying to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I remember I ran for president and then by like halfway through the summer, business kind of died out. And so then like that summer, we really started to like get turn the gears on in like July and August and actually start to crank out what we were going to do for next year. And I think a lot of the stuff that Ari had started to build two years prior and a lot of the stuff that you had started to build last year was like finally sort of coming into force right as I came in in the fall because I mean right after that first fall semester I was president that's like 2018 that's when Claws started that's when we started getting CS people that's when Blue started Was had just come in as the chair which was another huge thing 
That was just kind of coincidence yeah. that he happened to come in that year. That was the Mars Ooh. Habitat year as well. That May was yeah. uh, was yeah. when Bliss officially came in um, with the Mars Habitat basement. So it was like the September 2017 was when Annika and Rob first brought me into the basement, and they were like, "Listen, you see these like brick walls? This is going to be a habitat, hopefully by May." That's and right. Over that summer, it got built. Yeah. So I think that that first part of like that that fall 18 semester is like the culmination of a lot of like space related stuff and a lot of people kind of finally mixing into you know SEDS at the right time and that's when like stuff started to take off so we can get into that in a second too I mean you got something What's like credit credit to Dr. Wass yeah dude he stepped yeah, very in very much so killed it from day one like stepped I, I in do, fall I, sorry I, I do think that the whole like you know, we, we call like us triage a whole oval office scenario because like it was me and Alex and you were the first, you know, uh, what about, I don't want to say, you know, descendant, but like you know, that, that kind of scenario. You were, you were the next yeah. you know, protege of that, of that, you know, product. And so that whole thing produced this whole blue program, this whole, I, I think it's worth mentioning the whole MMX thing because that, that kind of thing spawned the whole me and Alex scenario of culture of SEDS. And our thing with SEDS was that we wanted to ensure the fact that it was an approachable uh, club. You know, we, me and Alex, were the, we came from a place, you know, we went to the same high school, we went to the same college, all that kind of stuff. We wanted to ensure the fact that people share the same enthusiasm about space without being you know, in in a way, like, unapproachable, you know, so the thing is that we wanted to make sure, like, the culture of, of SEDS came to the point that everybody around the whole University of Michigan could come to us and say, hey, you know, I like, I like space, here's my little niche area of SEDS, or here's my little niche area of SEDS, that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. so that whole scenario really spawned this whole thing. I went to this kid's basement in Bayside, New York, you know, I we like we're hanging out. Watch, I don't remember. We're watching The Martian. I don't know. We're watching The Martian. The Martian. We're has watching been, The Martian. Yeah. Yeah, we're watching The Martian. It's been a big inspiration because me and Alex and was that our sophomore year? That was uh, between Joey, our freshman sophomore year. Yeah, between our it. freshman and sophomore year. I think it was our freshman year. Joey Sikorsky. I remember. Sorry, not to mention him by name, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, you know, we had a fellow member of AIAA, you know, uh, when, Mar- when the Martian came out, kind of instantiated us into the whole uh, culture of airspace. And we, we got into the Martian. It was very, very nice experience. But we took that to heart. And me and him were sitting in, 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 in Alex's basement. And uh, we really had a good time. And <laughs> we came with the, with this idea that we had this, you know, immense, not immense power, but like immense ability to kind of envision how we really wanted the space culture of Michigan to run. And we came up with the whole MMX program. I, I, I know you brushed over that MMX program, but like Michigan March experience, it started out with a whole Oculus Rift Martian kind of, I don't, what do you want to describe it as, Alex? Kind of like a yeah. perception? I would say like a lot of, I would say even like this is worth its own episode at this rate. Like just like starting, especially since it's permeated so much of SEDS, uh, starting specifically from the basement where we just realized we both came from mm-hmm. the same first robotics team. 
Um, I had done a rover activity at the museum I worked at in high school. And when we were given our first budget, we thought we could make like down to the name itself an experience, something where virtual reality, drive a rover, and really just get a sense for what it means to explore Mars. Um, that was kind of the whole gist of what we were hoping to accomplish. And, but that just formed the backbone of approachability. At the end of the day, it was what can give college students experience that once completed allows a younger generation to come in and get excited. Yeah. So bridging that gap was kind of like the spirit of says we were trying to capture. So it's high level work that, but its main purpose is to lower uh, access to the people that we want to get excited, essentially. So right. becoming I, that bridge. It stands out to me as like the first sort of project we did. Cause I know when you guys came in, when I came in, we were doing like outreach projects and stuff, but this was kind of the first standalone project that we gave a name. We gave like, you know, Alex drafted up and like a logo and everything. And this is like our first serious Classic project. Alex. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I want, we should do a sheet. Um, we should like have you make a sheet with all of the logos you've done for SEDS on like one page, just so we have to store that for years to come of like all the In old logos. Including the SEDS logo. Yeah, yeah. Like we should just take all the logos, put them on a page and make sure that's saved in the archive. So we have all the logos you ever did like while that were SEDS related. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so MMX was like the first, kind of our first shot, your, really your guys' first shot at the uh, like project thing. And then, Wasp came in in 2018, and I remember we were at we were at a the meeting did not start well because we were there to pitch our budget, and I think our yeah. budget was a lot. I think we were trying to pitch like fifteen thousand dollars when we got an eight the year prior, and we came in. To pitch, that. Yeah, that's fine. It'll record on my end. Um, we came in to pitch this budget, and he just started axing like item after item, and so. Mm -hmm. This was our first time meeting and we were in McDivitt. He asked a bunch of items on our budget and we got down towards the bottom. Then he started telling us about how he was, I think he started telling about a story about Wash U, about his kids at Washington um, building these payloads. And he was saying, it'd be cool if we did something like that at Michigan. And I think our eyes kind of collectively lit up when we heard him say this and we are all like, all right, yeah, like we'll pitch you something. And so I think he was really looking for a one. I actually talked about this at my interview yesterday. The, the question was, talk about a time where you were asked to do something and you came up with a different solution. And I told him about how, like, the department chair basically said, is there a way that we could launch one of these? And we came in, like, a month later with this plan for, like, sustained launching at Michigan for undergrads, like, a sustainable program for undergrads to build stuff that goes to space regularly. And so it should be noted, the secret, uh, the fact that it's biannual is literally just because we couldn't come up with a name for the longest time. I remember <laughs> yeah. sitting at North Quad and being like, because we were so tired of calling it the BO program yeah. um, for Blue Origin. And we were like, we just need a new name. And so I remember biannual, I was like, all right, bet blue. Like, this is now blue. And the fact, like, this is now as a system engineer, awful way to start your high level requirements, um, for especially at the programmatic level. Um, was like, hey, we have a cool name, but that means we have to launch to a year. Um, but the entire structure just came from being tired of calling it the BO program. I, I remember because like we really wanted to, um, we really want, like at least everyone that comes into college is kind of like, that. that's really into space. I know that like some people are like kind of into the whole like hype, like, oh, like Elon Musk, like Jeff Bezos, that kind of thing. The three of us, most of the SEDs, is kind of into the whole 
really enthusiastic about space for the past like 10 years, that kind of thing before college. When we heard that, we were so excited because that's all we wanted to do. You know, we, we really just wanted to send something to space. Correct me if I'm wrong. I just want to said, I just heard, you know, hey, do you want some, something to space? And then someone, and then, you know, we were kind of like, yeah, we can do that because we know we have this experience, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But like, I know Owen was excited. I know Alex was excited. I know I was excited. All I wanted to do was send something to space, whatever it was. Fast forward to the tattoo machine. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then it should be noted that in parallel to this was when Claus was getting founded. So yeah. right. we had our meeting with the in the first week of October of 2018 with Dr. Wass. Um, and we had the final meeting for that in December. And the Claus proposal, which was for the suits competition, uh, the NASA suits competition, uh, we formed Claus. That proposal was due Halloween of that year. So within three weeks, we had been given this, oppor this blue opportunity and we had written a blue proposal, uh, the Claus proposal rather. And in December, we pitched blue and it was accepted. And then we were also accepted to the suits competition that same December. So all of a sudden, SEDS was not only on its own pathway. We had it, like we had no idea what SEDS was going to become because we had this long vision set by our presidency in September 2017. And within a year, all of a sudden, two new teams that we'd never predicted would exist are now major staples of the organization um, and dictated the entirety of the 2019 year. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so there is one other thing that happened in fall of 18 that I had written down, which was uh, Space Vision in San Diego, which I thought was right. a really good Space Vision. Um, so this one was put on by UCSD um, and so University of California, San Diego. It was in San Diego at a resort. And I was going to look at the pictures, but this was like a lot of like this year's current e-board was there as well as like the e-board of that year. And I thought it was a pretty good one in terms of content. And it was also like a good bonding time. I remember that, you know, the conference runs through Saturday and I don't think we flew out until either Sunday night or Monday morning. And we spent like all of that Sunday in La Jolla on birds or on lines, mm -hmm. like the, the electric scooters had just come out and we yeah. were so far and like everyone have just had a really great day, like bonding and just hanging out on the beach and riding around those scooters all day. That was a good time because, like, we – I remember because that was the first time that birds – it was birds that came to Ann Arbor first at Michigan. And so we were really excited. Oh, my God, we got electric scooters, blah, blah, blah. And then we went to San Diego, and we were like, you know, this is so great. We got California weather, and we have electric scooters. We're having a good time. But I do distinctly remember the fact that, like, uh, you know, there were a lot of social events in San Diego, and it was a good time. It was warm weather, all that kind of stuff. But the hotel that we were staying at, uh, credit to the uh, Air Service Department and, you know, student activities, uh, services, that kind of stuff, uh, who helped us fund that event. But, um, you know, we were in the fire pits. And I remember we had a, a – me personally had a great bonding session with Rosie, current president of SEDS. You know, we were talking about just, like, life-related things over, like, a little bonfire over some stones. And it was, it was just a good time because, like, you know, a lot of the, the schools were having their social events around the whole hotel campus. And me, Alex, Raj, who was one of our friends at the time, still is, obviously. Um, should be pointing out, I know you're forgetting this. He was treasurer at the time. He, he was treasurer. He was treasurer. I know you're he forgetting that because he didn't do anything. I do. Treasurer. I'll put that on the record. I don't think he'll care. He didn't do anything as treasurer. No, he, he does. No, no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's, that's okay um, on the record. No, no. I'm sorry. He, he didn't. 
he, it's not like he didn't do anything. He did enough for his job, and that's why you like that. Yeah, but like his attitude and culture really embodies something that we really like because he he, he still had his space enthusiasm, which is what we very much cared about for Seth. This was and he also also the uh, Lockheed Martin box um space vision. that's true that's why that's why when raj truly like earned his keep mm-hmm. it said I, I mean okay so owen i mean sorry not owen raj just said raj was treasurer at the time you know this was a time where we had a great football team uh i remember one one fantastic episode where we were in the hotel room after a uh, you know extensive period of hanging out in the um, you know uh, atrium of whatever hotel lobby we were in, listening to the talks and that kind of stuff, watching the Penn State University of Michigan game, mm-hmm. and this is where Raj was great. You know, he was treasurer. He did his job perfectly fine, you know. But he also had the cultural aspect of the fact that he also talked a little bit of you know trash. Uh, he would post. I don't, Alex. Do you remember if he post? I don't know what he posted on, but he. Was, I remember exactly we were playing Penn what he State. Yeah, he, he said, is there, he said, is there a Penn State Sedge chapter here? <laughs> I forgot. And they oh, said, in, the, in the Slack group chat. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. It was, and he was just like, is there a Penn State group chat? It's like a Sedge chapter here. And some administrator, someone from the UCSD was like, no. And he was like, oh, it doesn't look like they have a football team either. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. You know, that, that, that's what we embody. When me and Alex started out in, what, 2016, 17, that kind of year, we wanted that kind of embodiment because there were certain aspects of the of the club that were unapproachable, and that's what we deem approachable. You know, you have your football culture, you have your space culture, you have your engineering culture. We have CompSci now. You know, we have airspace now. And that was a great time because that's – honestly, besides for Purdue, Purdue is where I realized SEDS was where I belong. But, like, uh, Space Mission Florida, uh, apart from the Zuma launch, which I'm sure you want to get into at some point um, – was yeah 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 and I, you're we're on video chat right you were now, talked like, about that you, know, you talked about that while you were in the bathroom bro like that was like or while you were out went into detail oh, about Zoom. yeah we already talked about it a bunch it's fine oh okay sorry jeez okay anyways edit that out um sorry was i talking about uh you, you knew that you belonged in you knew that you belonged uh in purdue and now you're saying the um no the the whole california one was really like a whole bonding session because because you know tie back together owen would really mention the fact that we were on verge you know like scooting as they say as the kids say uh we were scooting just you know everywhere around uh san diego that was was just a good time you know and that's what that's what really space vision is all about we we kind of like bond together you know whatever whatever happens and so that wraps up, I think, 2018, uh, fall of 2018, at the yeah. very least. Yeah, so that so we... was the end of 2018. And then I think right around the start of, you know, in December, we got Blue approved. And so the BX1 team formed kind of that, I think our first meeting was like that January, late January of that year, of the very start of 2019. And then also going on, like, Claws had been selected and was just starting to pick up. And so Blue and Claws were kind of these two new projects that we had never done before. Wait, are you guys saying you can't hear me? 
<laughs> no, I can hear you. Your notifications are just loud, dude. Oh, I'm texting I'm you. To, like... All right, I'm just gonna restart and cut that part. I didn't realize they were dinging. Okay, restart. Go. Okay. So yeah, uh, start of 2019 now. So I think two things we had going on were Blue and Claws. So Blue had just been approved by Dr. Wass, and I think the mm-hmm. first BX1 team meeting would have been in early 2019. I think that's when like Andrew and Brandon first came in. I think that was like some of the first times we met them was either the very end of 2018 or very start of 2019. And then at the same time, Claws was kind of building up and actually like getting to work. And so we had these two new project teams that we had never dealt with before, you know, never done this before. We have two going on at the same time. And so those are kind of, I feel like a lot of 2019 was just like us trying to grind out and figure out how to work teams for projects. So like I know Blue, we were starting to do designing, we were starting to do trade studies. But again, like you guys, I think had just started 483. And like looking back, we had no idea what we were doing in terms of how we were running the team. And like the the complete lack of systems engineering is is just really funny looking back. It's a testament and a detriment to the aerospace department for giving us full control over that program. It's incredible that they, that Dr. Wass literally just handed us this program and gave it to us and it was entirely ours to run, but it was important for us to also realize we had no idea what we were doing. Um, like, and that's something that we learned. We'll, we'll get into that with that summer. I'm very sure. Um, but it was cool. Like I still am really grateful that we got to make those mistakes because I don't know anywhere else where you could like we like I learned so much because you realize what happens when you run an organization and intuition. Yeah. And the the pros and cons of that. Um, So yeah, we'll get into blue probably as we get into the summer of 2019, you know, last summer. Um, But I want, before we got into that, I wanted to talk about clause and then kind of the the last elections. Uh, So clause kind of wrapped up their work and the three of us, along with, I believe, is Emily and Evan on the way down, right? Yep. Evan, who was outreach chair during the same year when Raj was treasurer, uh, so that was like 2018 year. Um, yeah. Transitions well, it was, to... Technically, it was 2019, right? I don't think he was outreach chair that year, because I think... Well, it was 2018 took over. Outreach chair would have been... No, not Andrew. That was this year. That was Sahil and Rupal took over for outreach oh, was, chair yes, afterwards. Yes, that's what it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so us three, Evan and Emily went down. We rented a yep. van from the university, yep. and we drove down to Houston, which was just a ton of fun. Like, that was the first road trip we did as SEDS with all of us, and, like, so that fun. was a ton of fun. We got down to Houston. We had the Fab Five going in every day to Houston, and we were driving them. And, like, I remember they had to walk, like, a mile from the gate of Houston <laughs> into the actual building, which I felt really bad about. But that was another one where, like, that was our first, uh, I guess, competition we went to outside of uh, Space Vision. And who was – I can't remember. So there was – how many of us went down? Like 10? I mean, do you remember? How many of us went down? Yeah. Uh, it was it was you, me, Emily, Alex, Evan. Rosie. Uh, Rosie. Sahel Rupal. Uh, also, was Riley Caesar. Caesar, Caesar was definitely Caesar there. Yeah. <laughs> she was definitely there. I think I think Raleigh was also there. Um, yeah, and then there's also one more person. I think. Yeah, I can. We'll have to do. Uh, sure. They'll do a history of clauses on. Well, they'll talk about this. And yeah, that, that'll be a later. But episode. just from our perspective, it was a ton of fun. 
I remember we did barbecue a couple times. We went to Caesar was super into Chick-fil-A and like we'd go to Chick-fil-A a bunch. But that was just a fun road trip. And we on the way back, it was like, what did we do? We went through New Orleans on the way back. No, no, we back. went around New Orleans through yeah. so our goal sorry, not to interrupt, but like our goal was to like hit every single space related scenario as possible. And go through as also, many states as possible. Yeah. And also hit as many states as possible at Alex. Um, and so what we wanted, what we wanted to do was, so like on the way, we also want to hit different routes on the way down and up. So like on the way down, we hit, what is it? Like uh, we hit Ohio, like Missouri. No, uh, Ohio was a bit bad. We did Indiana and then We Missouri. did Indiana, Illinois, Missouri, Arkansas, Texas. Is that it? Or we go through no, Kansas? we don't yeah, do Arkansas. Did we not do Arkansas? I, mean, I think I know no, Kansas no, was the way back. Oh, no, Kentucky was the way back. Arkansas, was way back. Arkansas was on the way back, maybe, if, if that. I don't know if we hit Arkansas the way back. No, Arkansas I was on Kentucky. the way we, hit we went through Little Rock. We we went through, it was a really nice capital. It was on the way down. And on the way back, we did Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan. Mm. right i remember you can tell when you crossed into ohio like just the grayness that hits you suddenly where you're like oh we're no longer in the south we're in the midwest there were mad clouds out there i'm not gonna lie there were mad clouds and we were at the gas station where i was like i remember i was we're in the van because picture the van the van was like it was like it was evan and owen because at the time me and alex didn't have a license so um it was evan and owen and so me and alex were like sitting in luxurious business class in the back you know of the van and we're just sitting there like yo this is super gray and this is really weird you know it's ohio makes sense because <laughs> ohio is like i think um, keep, that in the, keep that in to, keep that to in. keep on the fact we hit the goal for the way back was hitting as many space things as possible mm-hmm. so the cool thing was the stennis stop uh, but this was before it was actually we were writing the bliss proposals at the time um, we we're finishing our 483 project uh, we were writing our bliss proposals, so we were submitting two of the budgets, uh, both not unknowing that both of those proposals would get sent in, as well as that one of those proposals was going to Stennis. We didn't know. Um, and then so we go up to Stennis Space Center um, where they test engines, hoping to get some sort of view of it and get immediately kicked out. Um, we're not allowed to take photos. The security guard, like, God bless his heart, came out and was like, I walk slowly over here specifically so people can get the photo before I tell them no photos. Um, we get kicked out of that, and then we go to Huntsville uh, to see Marshall Space Flight Center. And I remember that was really cool because we were just like kind of out in the cold next to the only vertical Saturn V. And there's just something really astounding about that. Like really just seeing, was, like, almost like a, in, in lieu of a skyline, the fact that you see like a lit Saturn V kind of encroaching on the horizon. That's one of the most memorable moments of us driving is the fact that it was like kind of like drizzling and the fact it, it, it not kind of it was drizzling and raining a little bit and we drove on the highway i don't remember what highway it was but like we're like yo like you should be able to see this like where is it gonna be lit we don't know you know is it by lit i mean like lit up but then we like you know in the distance like you know half a me half a mile away a mile away we saw it, it was so big it was incredible to see and that was very surreal and enjoyable to watch mm-hmm. yeah it makes watch you feel night. like you're in like one of like you watch these movies of like the saturn lit up on the pad at night and it felt yeah. like you were seeing that for the first time in person it was, it was really cool we did it was incredible 
we skipped over what I think was honestly maybe my most sketchy driving experience. Like we've driven in the snow a lot, but oh. <laughs> on our way down to Houston, the last two hours of the first drives, it was probably from like 11, at 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. We were south of St. Louis and we were in the mountains and it was raining and I was super tired. Hills, 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 hills. Hills, okay, yeah, basically mountains, like bigger than Michigan hills. Um, but it was raining, it was pitch dark, and I just really, like, we really just wanted to get to the hotel. And so we were going just dangerously fast on these twisty roads. And I was, like, that's, like, the hardest I've ever had to focus driving. And, like, I think Emily, like, slept through it and had no idea what happened the next day. But, like, I just remember me and I in the front of the car just, like, laser focused for two hours straight. And by the time we got to the thing, we were so exhausted. I was, I was nervous. I was press your driving skills driving at the speed limit wink wink <laughs> um speed limit during that highway stretch in torrential rainstorm i couldn't see anything at all well i can so either. that was impressive but we had a good time you know like we we was it what was his name what was the name of the town it was poplar bluff right poplar bluff poplar bluff tiny town don't know I tiny can't town we hit the mcdonald's it. in the morning yeah, great. That hit. Okay, <laughs> so that was that was clause. That was kind of out of order, but that Houston trip was a ton of fun. A lot of good stuff went down there, and that was kind of the last thing. We had elections, but I'll, we'll probably let Rupal and Rosie talk about their year in general. Um, other than like, we can talk about the blue stuff. So let's break down last summer, which was summer of 2019. We have to make it succinct, I think, because if not, it's going to become its own. Um, own podcast. I'm trying, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of a way to put it very briefly other than it was we were all very lucky and I think that if anyone's listening to this whole story now understands how much sets had, sets had accelerated at that point that it went from eight or nine people barely able to scrape together uh, a like engine 100 project to suddenly we have a space put payload yeah I mean I, I mean to quickly brief over the fact that what you just talked about uh we, we went from making constellations with spaghetti sticks and marshmallows and also like a succinct BYOB thing with Manu to what we're talk- about to talk about right now. This whole like stretch of projects. and So funding. now we had trusted leadership. We had multiple project teams. And this was kind of that point where a lot of what we hoped said would become, it was becoming. And now it was just a point of can we sustain and can we actually fulfill the promises Right. Now that we had undeniably been handed the opportunities that we've been seeking all these years. And to show how grateful it was, I, it was not even really a question. Like we were going to spend the summer building this. Like it yeah. was very so clear that like this was on the background. So at this point, Rupal and Rosie had been elected. And so both of you guys knew you were doing your master's programs here. And I knew I was going to be vice president, but I knew that like Rupal and Rosie would have a good handle on SEDS. And so we kind of, knew that like this summer was going to be spent where like we were all doing uh research but then we all were like devoting hard time to blue and so we had all like decided like hey we're going to try and get this project done by the end of the summer this was bx1 that we were talking about and so we were all ready to devote time to it i think even over the course of the summer there was such a huge progression do you guys want to talk about where we were at the start and kind of the first couple i'll never forget the transition point um, the start was pretty much exactly what we've been talking about kind of earlier, where again, props to the aerospace department, um, both good and bad that we were t- totally in charge of this project and running it 
the same way we'd run a BYOB, the same way we'd run an MMX, like really anything else. And it was really just kind of like no structure. There was no chief engineer. There was no project manager. There was no roles. It was just kind of contribute where you can. And that was how we were running it for months on end and up until July. So we really started work in May and we kind of sporadically been working and enjoying our summers and working lackadaisically treating this like the casual project it was because to us what the blue program really represented above all was access to space and that it is really now this easy to send it to space. That was kind of the crux of it. It's you can just get together and as easily as you can present a final project, you can send something to space. And we thought we'd been handed that. And in July, I remember because it was July 16th, 2019, because it was the anniversary. It was the 50th uh, 2019, rather. It was the 50th anniversary of the launch of Apollo 11. Uh, Professor Gamba sat us in a room and said, this needs to get much more official. This is now a space project. You have the same stakes, the same risk mitigation strategies, everything, and the same level of accountability as any space project. And the stakes just jumped up like three orders of magnitude. Um, they ju- even though Man, he- I almost said 10, dude. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, it, was, it went from here's a K2 through 12 project that you're used to to you're going to have reviews every week. You're going to have to present a work plan, a structure, a breakdown at everything. And we just officialized overnight. And it was the first time that we'd ever been exposed to something like that. And we were all very ready for it. It was almost, it was, it was surreal. Um, and we, it, I think it was awesome, especially the three of us sitting here now. To us, it wasn't discouraging. If anything, it was, it was just getting serious and we we're all ready for that. Um, motivating my my dad yeah i think it was motivating and i think that one of the the more tough experiences we had was when we brought it back to the room of people that we've been working with for two months seriously and then uh really since january that group so it'd been almost six months together and we sat down and we said okay guys here's what's going on we're much more serious and we tried to bring the gamba conversation to the rest of the team and it kind of fell flat and it kind of, we, I'll never fully understand um, the, full re- the reaction, but it went from, hey, we're working on a cool space project and you get to go to space to space is hard. We need to elevate the conversation, elevate the assessment, elevate the work that we're doing. And to us, that was awesome because that means that it's just more experience. It's cooler. It's much more relevant and it's so much more um, productive uh, and engaging. And people just were not into it and they didn't understand the new structure. They didn't like it. And it just kind of, it became exhausting. Like I, again, you can get into so much details, but essentially the next two months became just the most exhausting experience I've ever had in my life. Um, trying to get this up there because no matter what happened, it felt like we weren't doing enough. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. I think we like, we brought it, we tried to bring it back in the wrong way and we didn't really make it clear. It was also like everyone was working during the summer. It just like we expected that even though we had that many meeting, we'd still be able to get done to the summer. And like that just wasn't realistic. But I do remember that was like I think that was one of the coolest meetings I've ever had. Like we in a way we got our ass handed to us in that like I remember Gamba was like, yeah, I've kind of just been like watching you guys to see how you do. And like I'm glad you came to me because it's time to get serious. And we kind of realized like the level we were playing at was just not high enough. But I do remember it being one of the coolest meetings because he gave us like a lot of the resources we still use today, like the systems engineering handbook and stuff. That's when he first was like, this is what you need. Like you saw this in era 100, but like, this is what you need to do. And like, he kind of like made us realize what we needed to do. 
it was that second meeting that made me proud to be an engineer. The most proud I've really, really been to an engineer where we came in and he came in and he relentlessly ended our lives basically um, over the course of a meeting, just say, talking about how the fact that he was waiting for us to ask for help. And, but now it's getting so bad that he couldn't believe we hadn't, we didn't ask for help up to that point and sat us down. And it was interesting. We realized how much we didn't know, but it's, said a lot that we walked into that next meeting and Gamba had a smile on his face throughout the second, the entire second meeting. He yep. said, you're using language that you didn't even know last week. He says, you are operating at a different level, just functionally and cognitively. And that to me was the first sign of, okay, this is a challenge. But to him, that was also a, oh, the second I elevated it, you responded. Yeah. This isn't something, you weren't scared away. And that we've come to learn, that's the language that Gamba speaks where if he throws a curveball at you, you don't stop swinging. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he really understood. We made that clear, and I've never been more proud of that moment. Um, Just to be clear, we aren't playing baseball with three strikes out here. Like, we're playing infinite strikes. <laughs> we'll see. We're yeah, we've, gone, we've gone through multiple batters. Um, that is, I feel like that's one thing we take for granted, though, and I'm glad you brought that up because I – like, I'm thinking about it now, but I don't always realize it. But I love when I, like, walk into a meeting for, like, BX3 or something – and they're using those terms because we kind of forget that we didn't know those. So the fact that like Brandon, Andrew, Samra, all those guys and girls like come in and like, they know those terms from the start of the project to the end of the project is like such a good thing. And like, I'm glad that we, to some extent had to learn the lesson the hard way. I mean, they did as well. Cause we were all in that summer boat together. But like, I think that is really important thing that you brought I think, up. I mean, I think dude, it was a wake up call for airspace in a way that they, we were, yeah like well-respected members of the aerospace department. And they suddenly said, oh yeah, we can trust these students with this project. And then suddenly they saw our deliverable and they said, how did you not know this? How do you have a degree? Like we were both seniors mm -hmm. who had graduated. Yeah. And they said, how did you get through this entire program without knowing this or learning this? And it corresponded especially with aerospace dropping in the rankings and people, the industry advisory board coming back and complaining about the quality of students coming out. So all of a sudden, we became a case study for the department. And we were able to give it honest feedback and be heard honestly when we said, this is what we don't know. And we were never actually taught this. Or even if we were taught it, it wasn't emphasized and it wasn't instilled in us. And I'm forever grateful for that summer because it taught us everything that our degree didn't. And I think that's what Blue is doing now. And we truly did add something to the narrative of the degree that even aerospace didn't know was missing at the time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, like, like Alex said, dude, honestly, I think that summer was the most Im immense summer of my three year, probably, I think, four summers. What I'm do you mean by immense? Like, how do you mean by an immense summer? Well, I think, I think that the fact that, I mean, it's exactly what you were mentioning. The fact that like, we, A, I, I, I distinctly remember the fact that Gamba was like, hey, you know, you learned this or Gamba and, and, you know, certain other professors were saying, hey, you know, you, you learned this, right? And I was saying, no, I didn't. I didn't really learn this. This was not emphasized to me. This, this kind of logistics, this kind of, you know, paradigm was not brought out in terms of me that, in terms of the importance that, that it, it brings. And for me, you know, we already graduated, me and Alec at that point. And so I was saying, like, this is, like, I, at that point, like, you know, for context, me and Alex are, you know, master's students in space systems engineering. So we kind of brought up the whole, you know, this is what we're going to master's uh, degree for, that kind of scenario. 
But that entire summer, managing these people, managing the whole project that we're doing, learning these topics with, with the space systems, NASA handbook, uh, the NASA system engineering handbook brought this to fruition. I remember to the, I remember exactly the moment that Alex and I were sitting in front of Space Force, in, in Space 478, looking at requirements, flow down, that kind of stuff, looking, hey, you know, this is crazy. You know, we literally spent, we literally slaved away for a month and a half, two months, you know, mental health or whatever, going down the drain to learn this stuff. And here we are in our master's degree ahead of what's going on. And to that, I owe Professor Gamba so much credit because he really pushed us to the end. And I also remember the fact that we sat there in uh, FXB 1032, that little room that you have your engineering 100-700, if that exists when this goes live, um, you know, reviews in. Uh, we, we sat there where he was, you know, saying to us, this is not right, this is not right, and sat there for three and a half hours, or maybe four, I don't remember how long it was, it was a long time. He explained to us every detail from start to finish about how systems engineering work and how to develop a project, how to manage a project. And I, I just want to say to this day, I don't think that anybody within the airspace community in Michigan who's managed, who's doing like project management, that kind of stuff, whether they're, as long as you're an undergrad doing the project, which I, I think most people are, I don't, this is a broad claim to make and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that people have that kind of broad education in terms of how a project should be handled. And for me and Alex, I, I mean, we, you know, we have a reservation with like system engineering and that kind of stuff. There is a certain point and present to how that should be resolved in terms of handling a project. But that was iconically one of the best, me getting roasted by Professor Gamba was one of the best moments of my life. I'm not going to lie. And I remember so distinctly, it was almost poetic, um, but when we asked him specifically and we said, he said, no one's ever taught you. We said, we thanked him. Um, which yeah. he didn't, we said, no one's ever sat us down and told us this. And I'll never, he, before he walked out, he was turned out with his like classic, like sly Gamba smile. And he says, did you ever ask? Like, have you ever thought about that? And I think the full circle experience was when Professor Washerbach came into the room and like Amit said, that's where you have your Engine 100 reviews. That's where you sit down and have a professor give you the time of day and give you advice on how you're running a project as like an 18, 19 year old kid, basically. And he came in and he saw the documents, like the quote unquote documents that we had submitted. And he just looked so disappointed at us and i'll never forget he described it to us later after that second meeting when we took so much pride in how much progress we had made we sat out there and then washaba ran into us again after being so disappointed and described us as having visible grill marks on our face from the first meeting i i just want to point out the fact that you know we we handed in documents uh with the whole repertoire of the fact that we think that you know this is kind of like a chill document handing in scenario like Professor Gamba and Was asked us to hand in like you know like an update document and we didn't really hand in something that was worthy of my and Alex's degrees because we had graduated at the time and 
you know, we kind of just said like, you know, there's an interim document, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they were disappointed in that fact. So I just want to, you know, I want to be clear on that, on that part. And, and since then we've adapted to the scenario. Yeah. But I think that that encapsulated everything. Like it still was a good culmination in our SEDS experience. Again, like coming in and realizing that SEDS is where you come to learn. Um, water really is, oh my God, I just reread, I just read uh, Meet's message, I'm sorry. I think that the Blue Program Summer was a really great culmination, even if we had graduated at that point and hadn't been there to see, I think, the success that we'll get into now over the last 2019, 2020 year. But mm -hmm. I think we came into SEDS at the start of our story looking for a, like a home where the first principle is just, this is cool, space is cool. How do we make sure that everyone in different experiences, whether you're a business major, an art major, a CS major, or an aerospace engineer, can touch space? And blue was the culmination of that. And it's proper that it kicked our ass because it was the first time I feel like we had built up the community part and then we realized the reality that was a space program. Mm -hmm. don't, don't forget the part where we were sitting in class and we said, oh my God, we actually spent countless hours for a good reason because everyone in our class was like, oh, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is. And we were sitting there like, yeah, we got this. You know, we understand what's going on. This is putting everything into context. It's totally worth it. And respect to the class department, I think that was so well recognized when we got yeah. there that when we showed up and we, we treated, I like we both talked about this before that we, this degree that we're in, this fifth year in system engineering is more a certification of what we know rather than like an actual additional education for the most part, um, as well as validation. I think this idea that um, like this idea that if we truly do have an understanding of this. I, I, I can't believe you just made that pun. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it really was a, a validation of this idea that if we really did have a grasp, we should be able to challenge those ideas once more. I didn't want to think that I just built the tattoo machine or didn't build the tattoo machine and learned everything there is to know. Um, we got there and it was encouraging for us to realize that we knew what we knew um, and uh, really hammered down the subtle things that we picked up in an official capacity. Mm -hmm. So okay. that was the end of our time really on SEDS before we transitioned to Bliss and then yeah. everything else. So let's, been let's summarize. This, the, the past summer was basically uh, a giant work session for Blue. And like we went from knowing very little to learning some really good things about how to learn systems engineering and the fundamentals of systems engineering. And I think like it was a really big struggle for everyone. It was a big struggle for us three. It was a big struggle for everyone on the BX1 team. But I think the lessons we pulled out of it really valuable and kind of towards the uh the end of that summer we gave the pdr for bx1 which honestly didn't go great like there was mixed shall live into me forever i wait, 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 i still feel weird about it because like i remember wasp was confused when he heard we weren't doing the tattoo machine like later but like we did get kind of lit up in that um pdr by a bunch of different we, professors we who had varying levels of knowledge of what we were doing um but regardless that was like a good experience to have a bad pdr and i think our our presentations are better now because of it but let's just move into the fall so basically we start the fall we talked to brandon andrew and samra i actually skipped that part of how samra came into everything but he'll have to tell us honestly i don't remember but it was a it was i a had lunch with them at amos 
clicked right away. He was super into space oh, entrepreneurship. Sorry. I was with you on that lunch. I remember yeah. that. I was with you on that lunch. Yeah, we were yeah. together. And so and, uh, Sam we were like, yo, this guy is hitting me up for the for the uh, for SEDS. We sh- he has business experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. We were sitting well, on the, so, the we'll third table. We'll have to do Dina some other time because that kind yeah. of came <laughs> But that's not SEDS related necessarily. Anywho, no, so, no, like, no. everyone that was on the BX team learned. And then kind of, like, Samra and Andrew and Brandon came in and said, like, they didn't want to do BX1 anymore. And so, um, basically, like, after that, we gave them a month to uh, – we gave them a month to basically come up with a better idea for BX3. And in the meantime, I was starting BX2, which was Professor Gamba's class. And then you guys were starting Bliss in earnest. Um, And so, let's kind of talk about that. Let's just talk about – I think the big ones to talk about – I know we're sort of running out of time here – Let's talk about the Bridenstein stuff with Bliss. Cause I think that was super exciting and really big time for Seds and Bliss. And then we can talk a little bit about Blue and we'll let Rosie and RuPaul and Sahil and those guys talk about the rest of the year and like Space Vision this year and stuff. So, all right, let's do Bridenstein. How'd that start? So I, a lot of what, how that got started and that this is so props to Annika Stolt, uh, someone who I think is underrepresented in this story entirely because right. She, while we talk about the fact that we learned the ropes of aerospace from becoming our little fledgling freshmen who weren't even declared to suddenly like on a first name basis with a lot of professors, like while we were doing that, Annika in parallel was doing that with the climate and space department. Um, She saw that we were running SEDS and that while she was a really great member of SEDS, never took that same leadership as she did with Bliss, which is the parallel organization um, so Bioastronics and Life Support System, which is the graduate research team uh, in the Climate and Space Department, um, or CLASP, um, we had written the proposal, our proposals, when it was decided that we would take over in grad school during the Houston trip, and we'd finally taken over and become both the, both the chief engineers for each project. And we were, it was decided that for the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, uh, with the huge space history at the University of Michigan, that the football game against Notre Dame was going to be space-themed and that there was going to be a space-themed halftime show. And so suddenly it leaked that there was a meeting between pretty much every space professor who was relevant, every major leadership person uh, in space, so including uh, Tuya at, um, in class, Dr. Wass, uh, Professor Cutler, Ruff, Casper, pretty much anyone you can name that's like really entrenched in the space. Yeah, Lamont was there. Um, props shout out to the Space Institute, which just was really um, announcing okay, at the time. Let's go. Yeah, go M-Space. Um, <laughs> And so it was really cool. And so it was pretty much their premiere, their way of getting to the forefront. Annika, my God, like we're such a forward person, um, is like, we're crashing that meeting. We're not invited to this meeting. We're going to show up. And so we go there and it's official. They sit there and they talk about the fact that the ISS is going to downlink and activate the marching band, um, that it's going to be this big event. And that, yes, Jim Bridenstine is coming, the NASA administrator, as well as Thomas Dubuquin, um, but he's always here in Michigan. Michigan grad runs the uh, uh, science mission directorate. Uh, and that's former right CFB. Oh, yeah, yeah. Founder, and, sorry. So CFB as well as founder. hopefully a couple astronauts. Um, hopefully a couple astronauts. I'll never forget Dr. Watts actually pitching that we should get like Jim McDivitt to wear his spacesuit at night. <laughs> and then he was like, Ridiculous. I wouldn't wear a spacesuit on the field, but maybe he will. And I'm like, "There's if you won't wear a spacesuit, 90-year-old Jim McDivitt is not going to wear a spacesuit. Um, and 
it was made official. And so we pitched a halftime show at that meeting, uh, variations of which got picked, which was kind of really awesome. But it was ultimately decided that they're going to form a big M on the field full of space engineers. And when he did the visit, I don't know when we actually got this email, which is surreal to think about it because it changed both of our lives tremendously, that Bridenstine is not only coming, but that he is, that Bliss, the organization we are now running as we had left SEDS, was going to be the main visitor, uh, or that Bliss was going to be the main stop for him. And they gave us no red tape. Like, I don't even know if I should be saying it, but like basically said, do whatever you want. Like, do what you need to to transform the habitat that we'd built in 2018, which was made out of just cardboard and aluminum foil and make this presentable because to put it lightly, they would just say, this is disgusting. Like there's no way we feel embarrassed showing this off. Like the thing that we had brought to NASA two years ago, they said, this doesn't fly. You have to make it so much more legit. Um, And cut to just a month of our life, transforming this basement, transforming this lab for the fact that the NASA administrator was coming. And so tirelessly day in, day out for about a month, we just sat there and got ready for the fact that the highest level, the highest authority of space in our entire country, really in the world, was going to visit and see our work for the first time. And again, when you talk about like the small fry stuff that we were worried about when we first started, and then you get to the fact that you have to show off your work and impress the person in charge of everything to the point where you're building something that Dean Gallimore is about to stand in front of and give his speech live on NASA's Twitter. And you have to build that backdrop. That was when it really hit us that we're in charge of something important. And it was the first time where we built stuff for our own pride. And professors have been proud of us. Administrators have been proud of us. This university has been proud of the work that we've done. And even when they're not proud of us, they're still proud of us um, that we even tried. Um, again, shout out to Gamba for handling our field <laughs> PDR as well as he did. I was just telling <laughs> the story recently, actually, I was just telling a story to somebody about the time he brought us into his office after we were exhausted, like Rohan was picking gray hairs out of my head after the PDR failed and Gamba just sat us down, had an espresso and said, this is the time where we make sure you're okay. Um, that was, even then, like people were proud of us. This was the first time that the university relied on, their, relied on us to maintain their own image in one of their highest moments yeah. of scrutiny. Highest stakes that we've seen in 10 years at least. At least. The at number least. one person of NASA. Yeah. And honestly, so, though, full credit to you, Alex, dude. You, like, honestly, like, the, the whole, like, backdrop of the whole thing was, was credit to you. So, thank you. I, kudos to you. I, I take that credit willingly. Uh, the fact that I still don't know if my foot was broken in the development of this process. Um, That's true. That was pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Like, so, yeah. Like, so, I actually still have the shoes to this day. Um, I was just showing somebody that the other day that, like, um, they literally at some point, like maybe f- less than a week before, um, like I had smashed my foot into Massa's spray paint booth stuff. Mass, if Massa, anyone on Massa ever hears this, you need a lighter paint stand to spray paint your stuff because I'll, I lost a foot to your, <laughs> I lost a foot to that. Um, and I'll never forget just like sitting here working and all of a sudden my foot feels like it's like a sack of jelly. And I'm like, oh, I have to learn how to not walk with a limp when NASA uh, comes. And so, yeah, any photo that you see there or any video that you ever see of me talking, I learned how to walk without a limp. Um, but I take pride in that. Um, and I think I'll never forget, again, the class department really became a home to us after aerospace. 
if they gave us a get out of jail free card, they said, obviously you're doing something important. Don't worry about anything else. This is your job. And it was the first time, like everything that we've been doing actually to qualify every story we've ever told, that was all with classes. That was all we were exhausted. That was like, well, we had exams and homework and tough exams and homework that would drain our ability to do these things. All of us, we had suddenly started working on things where the homework was given slack because professors understood that we were getting meaningful experience out of the extracurriculars that we were doing. So that was also really a perk of the whole master's program. I, 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 want, I don't want to interrupt, but that was, yeah. that was the whole perk of the whole Suggs scenario. Yeah. We need to do... Shout out to Professor Slavin. We'll do a whole separate episode because I want to hear it too of you guys talking through the master's program in general. And you guys can invite other sure. guests on that one if you want. But I think that's another really cool one to do. And then we also I like to invite Annika on that one. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I just want to put out like on on public record, like shout out to Annika for the whole mm-hmm. Bradenstein setup. And like honestly, I credit a lot of the success because at least for me, uh, in terms of, like on I mean uh, Alex was already involved with Bliss before. Annika was already involved with the Bliss before, and like Annika and Alex both asked me to be a part of uh like lead one of the projects that we proposed or whatever. Um, with Bliss, and so I credit a lot of the success of Bliss and the whole Brennan thing to them. So, yeah, credit to. I think Annika, Annika is really the hero of the story. She, I think yeah. that I don't know if it fits with there. Are so many stories, but Annika is the reason why I think I became a serious engineer. She really gave me so many wake up calls uh, and formed me. And it was one of those things where she was a good friend, and it took a long time for me to realize that she was an incredible mentor on top of that. Um, and I didn't realize how much I was learning from her until after she had graduated, um, how much she had shaped me as an engineer and a person. So yeah, shout out to Annika, someone who was really underreported throughout this whole SEDS history, um, but helped us at our- Very fair. Yeah, she was at a bunch of the most. Space Visions and stuff too. And that's yeah. why. People would yeah. always wonder, they'd be like, she'd never showed up to any meetings and never done anything. Like, why is she on SEDS? It's because she was, she, we had the same respect for her that she had for SEDS. And that's something I'll never forget. And the same thing with Megan Avery as well, someone else yeah, who's also yeah. underrepresented here, an incredible and talented engineer um, that we're going to get to go join at Maxar. Yeah. Um, All right, there we go. There we go. Maxar okay, game. hold on. Let's, go. Let's do this because we only have a couple minutes left. We're going to skip through the Bridenstine day a little bit, but basically he came to the Bliss Lab. You guys gave a tour, which was on the news and stuff, and you guys can talk about how that eventually led to jobs and all that. But – um. Well, not directly, but that was oh, like a thing. That's how, kind, that, of, kind of. It was directly. Yeah. It was directly. It, I think it was. But directly. Einstein shows up. He gets the tour with Alex and a meet through the Bliss Lab. He does press conference there. Gallimore reads some stuff there. Then that night is the football game, and we all get to go on the field during halftime, which is super fun. Um, and it was pouring rain. It, it was, was pouring rain. Atmosphere it was really of life. Can we throw yeah. the word torrential in here? If the word torrential yeah, doesn't torrential. get said here. Torrential. It was a torrential percent. Yeah. I remember Kevin was wearing like a brown shirt because he got so much mud on it because he fell down the hill trying to get to the to the stadium. Like, yeah, it was – It was te- the weather was terrible, but it was super fun. Brian Stein came out. I think some of the astronauts came out. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, that was a great experience. And then we'll leave Rupal and Rosie. They can kind of di- uh, dissect the rest of the year. And we'll talk kind of since you guys are getting ready to leave and have had your last in-person classes, at least at the University of Michigan. Do you guys want to talk about kind of how you found your jobs? And then the last thing we'll do is future of SEDS. So like real quickly, how you got jobs at Maxar, and then we'll do future of SEDS. 
So shout out to Megan Avery, who had done her internship in the space environment group at Maxar the summer before uh, the summer of 2019 and emailed her HR representative the final review, like the actual Detroit news article that Amit and I are the image of as well as our quote are quoted at the end um, about how vindicated that we felt at the end of this. Um, and when the HR rep saw that article, um, when he saw that article, he noticed that the two of us had applications in and sought us out almost immediately after. I got my email during Space Vision 2019, which we didn't even talk about actually, the ASU. Um, but I think I that we did. Rosie and Ruth will talk about. about that one. But yeah, ASU yeah. Space Vision was also dope. But that was, we got, I got my email right then and there, which was only about two weeks after the Bridenstine visit. And they sought us out. Like it was the first time that I felt genuinely like recruited where someone said, this looks awesome. Which is also just kids. crazy uncommon for undergrad and grad students that you actually get some version of headhunted before you've even gone into the workforce. Honestly, I, I remember Alex though, because I was sitting in the, in the do, we were doing the hundred hour exam. And this kid was like, yo, I actually missed this email from five days ago, or maybe like a week ago when we were at Space Vision. Because the thing was like, we were doing the whole 100-hour exam. We, we got an extension for the 100-hour exam, which is like a classic master's program thing. We can talk about that later. But like, um, he came up to me, he's like, yo, I got an interview. Like, and, I, and, uh, and Max, I was like, oh, are you getting flown out? And I was like, he's like, yeah, I'm getting flown out. And I told them to fly me out on Friday because they were trying to fly me out tomorrow. And it was like a Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that. It was ridiculous. And we were in the middle of like one of the most intense scenarios, exams of our, of our lives. It's crazy. And, I was and like, the Michigan is- State game. Don't forget that. Oh, yeah. We had a weird Michigan State. We usually have Michigan State during fall break, but like it was weird this time around. But whatever. That's the same point. <laughs> yeah, it was during the Michigan State game. Um, was it the week before or the week after? I don't remember. But it should on the how we got jobs. I'll never forget. Um, I interviewed at a company called Draper in Boston in the January of that year, as soon as the Blue Program started, and I gave a presentation on founding the Blue Program. And what I thought at the time was systems engineering, which for me was just budget yeah. tracking. That's you mean all the I year, you mean the year before though? No, January twenty nineteen. I interviewed for Draper in Boston. In oh, Boston. No, sorry, 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 sorry. Wasn't yeah, that January, where we January, ran January, each other yeah, at the yeah. airport? Where, yeah, where it was in January, February. January. Remember, uh, it was it was February, or January, one of those two. We ran into was, each other. At oh, the it might have been January when you were trying to go to an interview too. I thought. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was Boston because you were coming in from like France or something. I forget. Yeah, because we were on spring break. Yeah. And so yeah, I remember I did it on spring break because that's actually how I got free flights because my girlfriend at the time was living in Boston, um, and so I came to Boston, did my interview, and I presented. A presentation, and I've learned, unfortunately, um, throughout my time here, what it looks like when an interviewer is done with you and you're not really going to be getting this position. And shout out to Draper for all of them kind of saying, like, this ain't it, kid, but here's what the feedback that as trained and experienced systems engineers, you're missing. And it's something that it was, it should have been the writing on the wall for how we led the rest of the program. But I essentially gave the same presentation to Maxar in November. But this time with the work that I had done over the summer and everything that we've learned from Professor Gamba, Professor Hallow, and everyone that we've done. And I basically took, if you look at the first presentation I gave in January and the one that I gave in November, you see that summer in between. 
And I essentially, I talked about the tattoo machine, why we did it, um, the simulations that we had run and all the work that we had been doing. And that's what got me the job. And it felt relaxed. It was the first time because we, truly we've been working so hard that I could present something that I had worked on, been proud of it and knew this was quality and knew right. this was good and had learned night and day uh, mm -hmm. what it meant to be a systems engineer. And so that's how we got jobs. And it's because of SEDS and it's because of the rigor that we'd experienced. Yeah. Similar story for yeah. you, Amit. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I remember when Alex told me, he's like, yo, I'm getting flown. I'm like, damn, I wish I flew out to California. I, I wish, because like at that point, like I got like a, I had like a couple of interviews before, but I wish, I wish I got flown out to California. That was, you know, that was, that was like a fun, fun mm -hmm. little thing to do. Um, but like, you know, they wanted me to do a presentation just like Alex, Alex did as well. And, I can't credit enough. Okay, I just presented what I did for, for like our Bliss SDR and that kind of stuff. But I can't credit Professor Gamba and like all the work that we did over, over the Blue program enough because that allowed me not only to present something that was like valuable in, in terms of information, but also answer questions uh, that were, you know, confident enough. Uh, and so, yeah, just like Alex said, it was tough, whack, but also fantastic at the same time very fair okay last thing i had for you guys um so you guys are leaving now you're both graduating basically in may uh if not earlier depending on when your finals are uh obviously i think you guys will probably still definitely be right now what? yeah no i mean <laughs> it's obviously very weird times for those listening in 2030 we are mid virus <laughs> uh crazy times no class other than virtual weird weird days are upon us but um i guess my, my question for you guys is as you're leaving i think you'll probably still be involved with the school and with seds even as uh once you're back in the in industry and uh hopefully we'll see you on like the iab someday but where, where do you see the future of seds and what would you hope the future of seds would entail quickly uh, i can go first yeah you know, so like specific, just what what do you want it to become at u of m well i mean honestly like i personally uh hope that it kind of embodies the whole thing that we have going on right now when alex and i started um it was dying out and there was like a culture there was like a little limbo period where it was kind of like a period uh, i don't want to be disrespectful but it was kind of like a unapproachable scenario where like certain members of the group were unapproachable um and you know listeners may uh interpret that as they may but Right now, we've got a great scenario where people are very approachable, very outgoing, and that's what I really hope it goes on. People are outgoing, taking initiative, and also uh, very sociable. Um, so, you know, you kind of have that whole like, encompassing, you know, you got that. One of, one of the things that I really, uh, you know, not to sidetrack, but one of the things that I really, dis not despise, but like what felt bad about was that in my freshman and sophomore year, everyone was saying like, oh, you know, I'm hanging out my like club i'm doing this i'm going i'm doing these kinds of events with my club and i really felt bad that that wasn't really a you know a presence around seds um which is what i felt like the whole core of seds was what i felt passionate about but i didn't have any control of whether, whether those events were occurring or not and so i just hope that what we've done what we've proposed over the past few years and this is credit to you, Rupal, Rosie, Emily, Riley, those, you know, everyone that's going on, Brandon, Andrew, everyone in the, in the core. Uh, I just hope that, you know, it carries through that social aspect, that whole, you know, space is cool. It's not just like, 
and you know Elon Musk is doing this as well. But like, space is cool. It's fun, and you don't you don't have to be some kind of weird person to enjoy space. You don't have to be like a Star Trek nerd, quote unquote. Although nerds are being cool. Shout out to Rosie for liking Star Trek. Hey, hey, so does Alex. Alex is trying to start on Star Trek, so y'all are nerds, but <laughs> uh, I think that's yeah, also I mean, a good that's time. My, that's my end goal, though. I just want everyone to be having a good time, be able to not, be able to, like, hang out together. Like, I just want a friend group, honestly. A friend group that has a social core of space enthusiasm. That's all I want. Okay. In I short words. It was Rosie who instilled that in me, said to me when I was in it and when I ran it, was a no-nonsense space group where you're just here to get shit done and rosie was the first person to come up and say i joined this group to make friends and change my entire philosophy of the group i think that says um and this is a very relevant thing now which almost makes me mad because i thought about this for the last few years um pre-corona was that i think we've looked at how many space missions and a mission to mars and this idea of needing to form a crew that can survive the tough engineering and psychological challenges of going to Mars and living in isolation, living in just a core group of people. And I think that every member of SEDS truly wants to believe that they could be on that crew and that they could make it, um, like make it all the way to Mars and be Mark Watney. I think everyone's idol in this group is Mark Watney. And I think that's part of why I'm so grateful that the Martian was such a formative group. And to tie it back, I remember sitting in the sci-fi section of Madison, Wisconsin with Rob Gittin, um, who would lead Bliss as well as SEDS in my time. And I asked him, I said, if SEDS had to book club one book, if it had one, one required reading, what would it be? And it's the Martian. And we fundamentally agree on that. And I think that's what I hope SEDS will forever be. I hope that SEDS is the prototype crew for deep space. It's truly that you are here to have fun and enjoy things while under these stressful, rigorous engineering challenges. And that's what I think it, it's becoming more and more. And I'm so excited to see, I'm oh, the people who run SEDS are such a unique breed and I'm so excited to see what the next few people are. Knowing that, knowing the presidents before and knowing who's coming, I could not be happier. And those type of people, the presidents I don't know are the people I'm excited because I know that there are people like the ones I do know out there that I don't know. And I hope SEDS will forever form those people that I can know if you're SEDS president, you share those same values that we formed this entire group around. And that's what I hope it becomes in the future. I like that analogy a lot. Might, might I add though, like that's when we were, when me and Alex were sophomores, both Manu, Ryan, Kawe, and everyone involved in the whole e-board were very enthusiastic about the fact that we were able and enthusiastic about space enough to the fact that we would kind of form our own thought processes and own projects and that kind of stuff. And to that day, like both that, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, regardless of what happened back in our freshman sophomore year but like that genuinely is what is driving us because they actually i remember them saying do whatever you want and like do whatever you want it can mean like you know to people with bad morals can mean like you know like all the bad stuff but also it can mean like you know let's take this and like kind of generate this in terms of a very good product very good project and that's what i'm kind of i'm trying to do i'm trying to like pay 
not really homage, but like also homage to the fact that like we are, yeah, and I, I know you're laughing, but like, you know, we, we want, to, we wanted to, we want everyone to be inclusive, enthusiastic, and also be able to have some kind of like pool for the fact that they developed that the fact that they're, you know, project managers on that and those kinds of skills. Um, and we can talk about this much more later on, but I, I think that enthusiasm is what's key. A lot with the first meeting we had with Dean uh, of Aerospace at the time, Professor Inman, where the second we were handed the keys of SEDS, we, everything had been run implicitly. We had no idea where our money was coming from. We had no idea. SEDS had no contract, no doctrine. Like there was no core value established of SEDS. And the second that we were the leadership, we were kind of concerned with how do we set that core doctrine? Like who are we, who are our stakeholders? A term we didn't even know to have at the time. And so we went to Inman because he was responsible for 100% of our budget. And when we said, what is SED's function? What is its role? What is its purpose? And he just said, like, are you encouraging people to enjoy space? Are you encouraging that? Are you spreading that word? We want, we as a university, we as a department, just care that people love space and that there is that kind of personal flair and touch to it. And as long as from first principles, that's what you're building up from, um, that is you're doing the right thing. Like, obviously we talked about how the WASP meeting kind of diverted our course, but I still think that holds true. Like SEDS formed with the idea that people should be excited about space. And as long as we're encouraging that, SEDS will always be true. Even if we lose all of our funding and we're just building constellations out of spaghetti and marshmallows again, and every no blue payload ever flies and virtual reality and augmented reality are ditched and S3FL goes and splits off again. No matter what happens to this organization, if it as even if it's nine people having fun and talking about space, I would still consider that a good sedge chapter at the end of the day. I like that a lot. Okay. We've been on for almost two hours now, believe it or not. Wow. Um, we did a lot of rambling. Excellent. That was a really long podcast, but ridiculously fun. And it's really nice that we came full circle at the end. Thank you guys for coming on. Any last things? Right. I think that pretty much wraps it up. Elections. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Elections are open through next Wednesday, April 8th or whatever it is. So if you're listening to this on Monday or Tuesday and you have not voted, vote. This is like the most official election process we've had. We were just talking about we're excited to see who's coming through the pipeline and who's going to carry on the SEDS legacy. So I'm excited. I read through all the candidate lists already and everything. So please go and vote. Amit. I mean, I just, I just want to say, like, future people, you mentioned 2030. If, this is, if people are listening in 2030 and you're trying to start a SEDS chapter or people are trying to revive a SEDS chapter because I remember one word, or not one word, but, like, one conversation we had with Professor Washerbaugh, you know, you, know, you, die, you go to, like, troughs and peaks of, of clubs. Make sure the people that you're with are, like, your friends because I think that all three of us, our friends we've had a great time with each other um whether that be with like business related things or projects related things or you know just in general uh, we can banter and that's what's most important with when it comes with like an organization in terms of like college related things um and all of all three of us i can 100 percent guarantee without even saying anything 
all three of us have different skill sets despite being the exact same major for undergrad and also uh futuristically because owen is also in the uh sucks program for space engineering but we will have the exact same credentials but we actually are all different people different uh project experience different experience in terms of that kind of stuff uh that's the most key in my opinion i don't know if alex you want to add anything to that i think that's a value i recently gained like i said i thought this was like a friend agnostic group where it was like coming into work um and that's when i learned how wrong i was is how much better things ran when everybody likes each other and everybody's friends mm-hmm. um and it's just the fact that i think space inherently gives you that larger picture perspective on life yeah. and that idea mm-hmm. of again it clicked amit and i became we were in SEDS, but we were truly indoctrinated and we saw the milky way in purdue because i think that when you're surrounded by people who get weak in the knees the first time that they see like how small they are and they have that realization that core personality type is something that affects your personality and that's the type of personality that i hope sets attracts and makes it easy to be friends with those people very true okay with that uh we talked a lot about the history of sets today all three of us are really excited to see what's going to go on with sets as we progress I'm excited to see how these elections turn out and see what we're up to next year. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Alex and Amit, for joining us. And we will see you guys next week.